And what's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to the Check Your Brain podcast. Wherever you're listening to this, whether it's Patreon or on uh, the free version of the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, check your brain for free. Uh, I have Patreon at patreon.com slash Tony Mazer. And it's just five bucks a month if you want more of my nonsense and early access to guests like this one who's on, on with me today. And two days in a row talking to him. And he's actually coming to my neck of the woods, the Funny Stop Comedy Club coming up this weekend, as I'm recording this the week before. And uh, he also has a new album with Don Jameson, another version of te- Terrorizing Telemarketers. And that's Jim Florentine. Jim, good to have you on again. Yeah, good to have you. What's going on, man? I'm, uh, I'm at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So f- for you folks listening, you're wondering what's with all this John Mellencamp and Heartland Rock that's going on right now. It's because I'm, uh, yeah, I'm at the Rock Hall. There's a Q&A that's going on today. And uh, I, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever asked you that, Jim, your thoughts on the Rock Hall, because I know there's a lot of the metal acts that they ignored for so many years. I know you and Jim Norton were really pissed off about Black Sabbath who's arguably one of the most influential groups of all time, had gotten snubbed for so many years, uh, and, and Ozzy and everybody else. So uh, like, what are, what are your thoughts? I mean, not necessarily on the Rock Hall in general that's behind me right now, but just the whole, the whole nonsense that goes around with all the politics that go, go with it. Well, you know, the Rock Hall of Fame, it's all about like Rolling Stone magazine, Jan, Jan Wayner or whatever fuck his name is. You know, that's who controls the Rock Hall of Fame. He's actually going to be here tonight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So heavy metal never got it was never in that magazine growing up. No one ever. If you were a hard rock or metalhead, you never read that magazine. It was always, you know, if radio play put a fucking album out that had an hour of them just, you know, uh, uh, meditating, they would give it five stars. Anything, you know, so yeah. It was never respected, so that's why it took a long time to get in the Rock Hall of Fame. They never thought like Judas Priest or Kiss or Black Sabbath. Where ACDC never even went on the cover of Rolling Stone until they went into the Rock Roll Hall of Fame in like 2004. So I, it never bothered me because I always read the other hard rock and metal magazines. It was Hit Paraded, it was Kerrang, Circus Magazine. So there was a t- Metal Edge. It was another. I didn't give a shit about Rolling Stone. So um, yeah, especially with the Rock. That's basically you want to sit at the cool table. If you're in a rock and roll hall of fame, I mean, I guess it's good for bands, but it's like, to me, it's not that big of a deal. You know, if Springsteen puts like one solo album out with a solo band that will get in, you know, he's been in 17 different times and different versions, but like Ozzy's solo career should be in. That was huge, you know, but they would never put that. It took him eight years to put Black Sabbath in. So it's really not, I don't even give a fuck. To tell you the truth, it's just stupid. It doesn't bother me when Iron Maiden still doesn't get in when they could sell 80,000 tickets overseas. Well, and, and that was the thing about uh, about the metal acts and everything. It took them so long. And they just, it really, uh, it, when Dave Matthews was up for the Hall of Fame, I was honestly surprised they weren't there in the first ballot. I think they got in the second ballot. But you could tell it's just the politics of it. If you're one of these bands, like you said, Radiohead, um, uh, I, you know, some of the, some of those like kind of late, like REM, REM's the perfect band for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, where it's just like, oh, as soon as they were available, they had no, they had their 25 year eligibility and they got in immediately. Green Day's another one. But I mean, there's so many influential bands that, I mean, again, it's like, it used to bother me. And there was that year they started putting Madonna and Grandmaster Flash and that it just, it, it stopped bothering me because I just, I knew what the Rock Hall was all about. And, and again, it's not the building that's behind me. This is just the museum. We're talking about what's going on in New York. 
And, uh, you know, they have they have their angle and they have their politics and they like to stick with that. Yeah, I mean, even uh, Judas Priest got in this year on a technicality, I guess, before, I don't know, some weird category that they actually get in, which, what you know, it's not even, it's, it's official, but it's some weird category at the rim, but it doesn't matter. But the Rock Hall, the, the museum there, I've been to it before. They got a nice little heavy metal section. They, they used to have a thing of that metal show in there, which is pretty cool. I don't know how it got in there, but so, you know, it's cool to go look at and shit like that, but it's, it's you know. It's like a bigger version of a hard rock where you can see Slash's guitar, you know. <laughs> Planet Hollywood, yeah. Yeah, Planet Hollywood, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, I mean, that's the thing in Cleveland. It's so funny because we, we're not really known for much. We're known for traditionally horrible sports teams and crime, as you probably heard about two sirens already passed by here since I started recording. Uh, so everyone, it's like when you come to Cleveland, what do you do? It's You go to the Rock Hall, you go to the Christmas Story House. And uh, yeah, that's about it. It's about all we have here. And uh, I will say, I like the fact that they did bring the Rock Hall to Cleveland because instead of it being just another building with a museum in New York, that it's on the waterfront. It it looks really nice. It's an IMK building. But um, I think if you talk to most Clevelanders, they've probably been here maybe twice in their life. And it's been here almost 30 years. Yeah. Whenever you're local, you never, I've never even been inside the Empire State Building or the Statue of Liberty. And I've lived there my whole life. I just don't care. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm right here on the waterfront on Lake Erie. I've got the science center and then next to it, we've got Brown, the Brown stadium. And uh, you and I, we, we did a football podcast yesterday uh, for 10 minutes with Chad Zumach and uh, Ken Mosca. So we talked a lot of football yesterday, but yeah, uh, I, I did a podcast about a month ago, how sports just is not, that enjoyable for me. I don't know if it's because I don't have kids yet and I can't, is it like for me, I'm 34. Don't really care about sports. In fact, I go and I go on YouTube and I find the 1983 baseball season where you see you have the Phillies versus the Baltimore Orioles in the world series. And I'm watching old NFL network things. And I just don't really care that much about sports. Is that just because of, do you, do you think for a lot of people it's because of the politics, the PC stuff, uh, the analytics and the advanced statistics and stuff, or is it just as you get older, kind of like Christmas, where unless you have kids, you don't really care too much about it. If you're not as yeah. passionate as you were in your teens and twenties. Yeah. I think that all of the above, I think all of that stuff factors in, you know, just, uh, yeah. All the PC shit, changing names, you know, kneeling, the friggin' and racism in the end zone. How's that working out? I mean, I think racism's down like 8% since they put that in the end zone. You know, since they yeah, everything, I think I think everything got cured. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think like a lot of white supremacists that see that go, you know what? They're right. I'm going to go hug a black person. So I think it's working. You know, that, that's uh, it's just posturing. It's just stupid. It's just, you know, you play to that mob, you know, and OK, if, if someone's offended, let me, ch- you know, let me change the name. Let me do this. You know, obviously the Indians with their name, you know, which I'll never call them the other name. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah I as you get I, older, I, I, too. I What's that? <laughs> I was gonna say I refer to them as the team once known as the Cleveland Indians. I never, I never say Guardians unless I'm being ironic, where somebody actually says the word Indians about something. I'm like, excuse me, they're the Guardians now. <laughs> I call them the Cleveland Redskins. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's that, and then it's as you get older, you're like, what am I? You know, I'm a football fan, so if the Dolphins lost on a Sunday, I wouldn't even talk to anybody till Tuesday. 
I was so mad. It would ruin my week. I'd be so mad. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like you, you get to a point in your life, you're like, why is this affecting me that much? I'm not making these decisions. If that was me fumbling the ball, throwing that bad pick, calling that bad play, then I could beat myself up over it. I'm just, just some idiot watching a game. So why should it affect me that much? So I get over it within like a half hour once the game's over and I move on with my life. So that's when you start caring less and less, I think. Well, I mean, like you, you're not really a basketball fan, but your son, Luke, is a huge basketball fan. If you, is he introduced you to it or are you still just like, you kind of humor him for a little bit? It's like, oh yeah, basketball, but you really don't give a shit. No, nah, I mean, you know, it's just, I, I'll watch some games with him here and there, but it's just, you know, everyone just runs down the court, takes a three-pointer, everybody stands around, nobody rebounds, and then the other team goes down and shoots a three-pointer. So there's really no, it's like, it's not exciting at all. You could tune in the last five minutes of the game. That's what, what counts the most. That's when it gets exciting, even though they call like 40 timeouts. So um, no, I'll watch it and stuff, but it's just, you know, the baseball, I'm really falling out of baseball too, even though San Francisco Giant fan, they had a great season last year. It's just so fucking boring. Yeah. You know, I, if I know the game starts at seven o'clock, I'll tune in at like 8.45, around a sixth or seventh inning. I didn't really miss much. Well, and the, the announcers are just – what they are right now are if they're not PR men for the team, which, you know, they have been for a while, but all they do is just number crunch. It's like you're a bunch of stat nerds right now. And, you know, they talk about launch angle. They talk about BABIP, batting average on balls and play. And the biggest thing – and I, I mentioned a lot on my podcast, and I, I'm just so tired of strikeouts that, there, you know, when we were growing up and you would see guys like Reggie Jackson would strike out like 170 times a year, you go, wow, that guy strikes out a lot. And then now you have your normal punch and Judy second baseman. Remember the scrappy second baseman who hits ninth in the order. He's still striking out 150 times a year. What happened to contact hitting? What happened to uh, situational hitting, bunting, stolen bases, anything like that? Instead, it's if you're not, I mean, it's, it's Earl Weaver's wet dream right now. Everything's a three run Homer. That's everything they want right now. Well, I think it's because partly because of the shifts too. You know, those nerds figured it out. Like, hey, it's over here at this percentage of time. So they're doing away with the shifts next year, which is good because everyone's batting average is like 211, 210. If that was that, you wouldn't even start with that batting average, you know? So, you know, so they figure, okay, I got to just swing for a home run or strike out because I got six guys in right field because I'm a lefty on that side and that's where I pull it. So why even try pulling it? you know, and down the line or going for a single because I'm going to, you know, someone's going to catch you with six guys on that side of the field. So maybe the, you know, the, the, the shift ban and shift the next year will help a little, but yeah, it, the, the games are just boring. Yeah. I like, you know, base hits up the middle. You steal in hit and run all that shit too. So. Well, and that's where it, it's funny because I know you and I have texted back and forth about Dusty Baker and Dusty Baker, who is the, I mean, you, you can get into a little more, but the one thing I will say, and, I, and I'm not saying fairness to Dusty, but you notice that some of the best teams this year are by these old school managers, these dinosaurs that the new stat nerds don't want anything. Dusty Baker is managing one of the best teams in baseball. Uh, and you have Buck Showalter. He turns around a shitty Mets team, a Mets team that has, since they went to the World Series, has just been up and down, injuries, horrible decision-making they bring Buck Showalter in who's one of those guys that as soon as he as soon as he becomes manager he turns a team around never wins it but he turns the team around he's almost like Marty Schott he's the Marty Schottenheimer of baseball uh so I will say it is nice to see a couple of those old school guys uh take it to some of the stat nerds who are all about you know uh, tanking for a little bit and being bad for a couple of years just so they can get a couple of draft picks 
No, I mean, you, you got a good point there. You know, those guys, uh, you know, the Sepsico Giants, the team I like, uh, got Gabe Kapler. The guy's all about, you know, he's taking Evan Lagori out in the fourth inning because, you know, uh, a righty came into the game. He started with a lefty. So he's like, okay, well, he's a righty bat. And then, you know, the guy just hit a home run and a single in the first four innings and they take him out the pinch hit in the fourth inning because he does his righty, righty, lefty, lefty fucking bullshit, you know, and somehow it worked last year. You know, it was a miracle because, you know, he got fired from the Phillies for doing that shit and taking a pitcher out after 80 pitches and you got to get to the sixth inning guy and then the seventh and the eighth and the ninth, but it didn't work at all this year. And it's pissed a lot of people off. It's like, why is he out of the lineup? He's a good third baseman. He's got power. He's a veteran. And you're sitting him at the fourth inning because they brought a righty pitcher in and he's a righty. So I got to put a lefty in and then he can go over to third base afterwards. It's stupid. So yeah, guys like Dusty Baker don't do that shit. Altuve plays the whole game. You know, if they bring a righty pitcher in the sixth inning, they don't fucking sit him down and pinch hit for him. Dusty Baker will always have a job. It, it, it's amazing how he'll take a team. It, the team will play for him. He's got his tooth thick in his mouth. And, uh, you know, he's wearing the gloves and the two COVID masks a couple of years ago. But uh, I don't know. He might still do. I, I Again, I don't really watch much baseball. But he does do a good job of turning a team around pretty quick. But they just never win. And he makes such bad – he's a bad – uh, decision maker down the stretch. He's just one of those guys, but again, he'll always have a job. He checks that box. And for whatever reason, he charms the pants off of whether it's Washington, Cincinnati, Chicago, San Francisco, Houston. Uh, God only knows where else he's been. Yeah, no, I know. It's, uh, you know, he's a safe hire. Plus he's also African-American. So that makes it okay. Well, you know, perfect. You know, checks yeah, it, a box too. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, you know, sports, yeah, it doesn't, I, I'm glad it doesn't affect my life like it used to because, I mean, I'll still watch football every Sunday and make sure that son, that that's dedicated to football. But other than that, I, I got other shit going on. It's like, I don't care that much. There's so many different options now. And when you think about it, seven o'clock back, you know, just 15, 20 years ago, seven o'clock on a Tuesday night in the middle of summer, it's like, okay, well, my team's got to be playing right now. They're on the East Coast, uh, 7 o'clock game. I'm going to watch this. And uh, now I, I, I really don't care. I mean, it's the 2022 baseball season that's wrapping up right now. And I've watched more from 30 years ago because I just, it, it seemed, it, maybe it's because, again, my age, it, it meant more to me back then. Uh, but I'm not throwing remotes through TVs anymore. I just, I'm not a big fan of it. It, it, it Honestly, it kind of sucks because I, I am a sports fan. I, I appreciate the athletic prowess of some of these guys. It's just it's not it's not as enjoyable because of the advanced stats. Like like you said with basketball, it's dunks, it's three pointers, and it's zero defense. I mean, you're having two of the worst teams will play each other, and they're still both teams scoring over 100 points. That was unheard of. Only really good teams are an absolute blowout back in the day that there was 100 points. Now every game is like an all star game. Yeah, look, as soon as the nerds invaded sports with the fantasy football, the fantasy shit, and then the war, I don't even know what war stands for. I will not, I don't even <laughs> want to know. I won't even look it up. I don't know what WAP is or whatever the hell it is, the OPB. I just remember, you know, on base percentage was huge, RBIs was huge, runs, hits, or, you know, like that shit, home runs. An average that to me, that stuff still makes sense. I don't give a fuck, but on base percentage always, you know, help too, because you want a guy that's batting first. That's almost got a, you know, 450 on base percentage between walks and, and hitting and stuff like that. But I don't follow any of that nerd stuff. I won't even look it up. I don't even know what it stands for. 
his war or whatever is, is this, I don't, uh, means nothing to me. Yeah, that's. But then also it, when they do, also when they do, you know, with the, you know, they don't call it the disabled list anymore. It's the injured list. The fucking guardians now are coming <laughs> after the Atlanta Braves, the NFL with their bullshit. They pull. It's like it just gets you, you know. And now Rihanna's doing a Super Bowl halftime show. It's like you're just they're just trying to appease people that don't even watch the sport over that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. what are you doing? Why are you listening to those people? It's like me as a comic changing my act because people that would never come see me in a comedy club or be a fan of my comedy doesn't like what I say. Who gives a fuck about them? And that's what annoys me about sports too. It's like, why are you pandering to these fucking people that are not fans? You're not going to lose any money at all. They're, a pa- they're pandering to seven people complaining on Twitter that there is not enough diversity here and there. And uh, it, It's... It, the way that, you know, they originally got rid of the disabled list because disabled people complained that hey, they could still play sports. They could still play even though they're disabled. And that's offensive to them because when you go on the disabled list, you can't play for 15 days or whatever in baseball. That's how, you know, it's worded. So they go, we could play, you know, that's offensive to us because we're disabled. We could still play sports. Like, okay, we'll change it to the injured list. So when, at what point do the injured people, whatever the fucking injury is, well, I could still play sports. Why they call it the injured list? I'm injured and I could still fucking play tennis. Then you get okay, fuck. We'll got to come up with another name. It just it's a vicious cycle with that shit. And you know, yeah, they really just. I mean, yeah, disabled list. The reason it's called disabled is because you are not able to play the game right now. You are injured. So they're all. Well, then why can't we call it the injured list? It's just it's the 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 PC washing of sports, which is supposed to be meritocracy. It's supposed to be the best of the best. It's a gladiator type of sport. And when you start injecting, uh, now luckily, I mean, next week is October, and luckily we don't see the pink on the sidelines. You notice that they've changed that in the last couple of years. That maybe you'll see a flag, maybe you'll see a, a someone with pink gloves, but. God, maybe 10 years ago. And I know I, I was listening to your podcast uh, back then and you would go on a rant every October about the amount of pink on the field. It's like, Jesus Christ, we get it. Well, I guess they can't, it, it did kind of be like hypocritical when they let Deshaun Watson back after 11 games, after he sexually assaulted 24 women. So you don't care about women, obviously. You obviously don't. You, you only interviewed four out of the 24. The other 20, you just go, ah, we don't need to interview them. So he only made a decision on the four that he did that to. So, and, he, and you know, they said they, the four that they interviewed, they said, yeah, he did some creepy stuff, completely inappropriate. But, you know, so they obviously don't care about what, because supposed to believe all women, but they didn't even check with the other 20. So they didn't believe them. So it's kind of hypocritical to go, well, let's give a month to, you know, uh, women, because we like women. They don't, they don't give a fuck about women. The guys, you know, half the league has beat up their fucking wives and their girlfriends. Maybe not half, but I'd say 10% <laughs> at some point. They don't care. So just stop pretending that you care. But put Rihanna on the Super Bowl because I'm sure, you know, the guy wearing a fucking, you know, I'm sure the guy sitting at the dog pound can't wait to see if she's going to play her new single during that fucking set. Yeah, it's, I mean, the, the whole Super Bowl halftime show, obviously for years they've catered to people who don't really care about the game. I mean, I, I know you have a big Super Bowl party. You have people over, so you're all getting pizza. You're getting another beer, wings, or whatever. And for me, it's just, yeah, that's it's a time to, you know, take a, take a shit, do, do anything. And, I, again, it's a, they make it this cultural movement, but what is it? It's a halftime show for a football game where everybody else is going to go back to looking at their phones or watching the puppy bowl. So 
I mean, it, it honestly, it doesn't, the halftime show doesn't really bother me as much. It's just that we have to hear about how great and how heroic and how beautiful, like, I mean, even the, the hip hop halftime show last year was just how great is this? I'm like, it was all right. It was fine. No, it was historic. Eminem comes out with Dr. Dre and yeah, it was fine. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> well, Jay-Z books it for the league, you know, they, you know, so, uh, you're not going to see Metallica or ACDC any, at any time soon. My favorite part about the Deshaun Watson thing was the fake morality that's going on because I look, I, I think he's a scumbag, everything that happened to him. But I think what the NFL looked at was, look, we care about women or we pretend to care about women, but we also care about racism. So if we suspend indefinitely suspend a black player, a prominent black player, they're going to look at, Colin Kaepernick and they're going to say that we're blackballing him and we're blackballing all these other people while Brett Favre is doing this. It's like, I agree. Brett Favre should never play football ever again. It's just such a stupid argument. So I, I, it's almost like, what does the NFL care more about women or racism? And that's where I think they came to that compromise. We're like, how about, how about two thirds of a season? And we'll call, yeah. it, we'll call it a day. No, because I mean, look at Trevor Bauer in baseball. He got two years, one woman, all the text messages say, please do it again, do it harder. I want to get, you know, I like it violent. I want to get roughed around. He sh and she's laying in a bed next to him the, de the day that she said she got beat up by him. None of that's true. And, he, and he's a white guy, so he gets two years in baseball. Deshaun Watson, 24 women. They only interview four. He gets 11 games. Because the white guy, oh, he's a white guy. Let's get rid of him. If it was, if it was Garoppolo dude, with 24 women, he'd be suspended indefinitely. Yeah, and he would not be playing at all this season. But Deshaun Watson, oh, we can't because he, he already said the league was kind of racist and the Texans were, so we don't want him to go down that road again. So let's just give him 11. Yeah, if his name was Sean Watson, S-E-A-N. Yes, yes. <laughs> Much different. Like, what did they do with that? Was it a punter from the Bills? He got accused of something. He'll never play football ever again. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, but Deshaun Watson, let's, you know, we'll just get, we'll, we'll have to compromise. It's yes. embarrassing is what it is. The, the capitulation, but yeah. And, and that's what happens. And, you know, we talked, so if you want to hear us talk about Jacoby Brissett, check out the football podcast. And because uh, I know you're a Dolphins fan, not a big fan. And he's the Browns quarterback right now. Um, uh, it, he, already, look, yes. he already lost one game for you by throwing that big interception to the Jets late. If he didn't throw it, they would have won that game, even with the onside kick, all that other stuff. He's got a good running game. So the play action pass works. But he stinks. He's got no presence back there. He, he's got he's the slowest man I've ever seen as a quarterback ever. He will throw a big pick in a big part of the game pretty much all the time. Once in a while, he'll look good. He's almost like a Ryan Tannehill when he went to the Tennessee. Like, wow, he's got a running game. He actually doesn't look that bad, but he stinks. Now Ryan Tannehill's exposed. You know, so that's what's going to happen with Jacoby. And, and Brissett's worse than Tannehill. I would take Tannehill over Jacoby Brissett. So you watch the mistakes he'll make in the next few weeks. And wait till Deshaun Watson comes and then he has to play in that friggin' weather with that wind blowing off that fucking lake there. He's never played in cold weather before. He played in South Carolina, played in Houston. Wait till it's friggin' freezing. The, you know, he can't throw the ball. The 70 mile an hour winds. Good luck in the snow. And then all Cleveland, like, why do we get this guy? They think he's going to be the savior. He's not. No, he's not. And everybody is expecting that he's going to put up those same stats. And I've, I've talked about it many times that you have a guy who's going to be out of football, has not 
taken an NFL snap in a game in nearly two calendar years. I mean, not just two years, two calendar years since I think January of 2021. He'll come back and it's December of 2022. And for anybody, and I, my uncle played football. He played, uh, he got drafted by the Raiders back in the, uh, 1980. He was telling me that he would come back for, uh, to college for an alumni game. And he was a lineman. He said that one year off from football, that first lineman that hits you, it's just you want to be in the hospital as soon as that happens. So as much conditioning you can do, you could, you could be in the best shape of your life, but you're not in football shape. And that's one of the problems that they're going to have to deal with. So, yeah, yeah I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, as high. And then, yeah, I think in a couple of years, Browns fans are going to look and go, I don't know if this is worth it. We gambled our entire future for a guy that, first of all, was accused of sexual harassment. And now, now uh, he's not the same player that we thought he was and that he was in Houston. At least, and by the way, in Houston, he put up a lot of stats when Houston was down by a lot of points, especially Absolutely. that last year. Absolutely. Kaepernick did it in his last year with the 49ers, too, padded his stats at the end of the game, like a Justin Herbert also, too, when they're getting blown out. But also, you know, no one – Sean Watson's injury prone. He blew out a fucking ACL in college and he blew it out his first year too. He's blown out two ACLs already. So you can't tell me he's not injury prone either when he's yep. blown out on, on both legs, ACLs. So good luck with him. I can't wait to see him come in. He's going to be the savior. He's going to be unbelievable. He's going to, you know, he's going to be the best quarterback in the league. He never was. No, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. So we'll uh, wait and see situation. Uh, uh, so I, I got a little bit more to, Time with you, Jim. Uh, so what uh, what prompted a new terrorizing telemarketers? I mean, you, you know, you guys, it's been a while since you put one out there. Uh, one of my I always say my one of my favorite tracks on any comedy album is because it's, it's so fucking obnoxious. <laughs> and it's just like, what what got this? Like, did you guys uh, like it, like getting the old band back together and say, hey, let's just try one more right now? Yeah, I mean, that, that GGG thing I've been doing forever. It's just like if someone's going, hey, I hear the weather is supposed to be nice this weekend. I'm just like, hey, she, she, she. like, who gives a shit? It's basically, I so I did that on that call. But yeah, I don't know. It was during the lockdown. I was bored, you know, and I called Don Jameson up. I said, hey, you want to do another album? You know, and he's like, I remember him saying, because I don't know, man. He goes, don't, don't you feel like people have been beat up enough? It was probably like September 2020. I go, but the telemarketers, he's like, you're right. So I hooked my phone back up in my house and we, you know, we worked on it for a while and got it together. And yeah, we're, we're you know, I'm excited about this. And we took a while to do it, made sure it was good. And uh, I'm psyched. It's doing really well. It's been number one for like two weeks now. It's been great. So people. Have yeah. Whether it was it. you guys and crank anchors and jerky boys that there's something inherent in our culture that we just love fucking with people. And you guys just, you and Don just do it the best of fucking with just so many random people. And I love it. And it's so childish and immature, it really is. It's just, you know, two grown men doing this. But I, I love it. It makes me laugh, so. Yeah, they, uh, well, it, you know, during, actually the last time, uh, last time, I, well, I saw you last year, but uh, I did, we did the podcast about two years ago when, when I used to work in radio. Imagine that. Now I'm doing podcasts outside the Rock Hall. I, I, think, I think it's working out a little better for me right now. <laughs> I, I, here's what would happen is, I would bring Jim in for a, uh, for a radio hit at my station and my host doesn't know how to talk to comedians. He doesn't know. It's just, he talks to them the way he would talk to the doctor who's uh, prescribing, uh, you know, uh, cum uh, and medication for somebody who's had a stroke. And it's just like, so Jim, 
I mean, it's, it, I'd like to say hacky, but it's even worse than hacky. It's like news hacky of like, so Jim, where do you get your material? How long you've been doing this? Who influenced you? All right. That was Jim Florentine. He's going to be at the funny stop, uh, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. I'm like, Jim's Jim had to wake up at the ass crack of dawn this morning at like six in the morning to do five minutes of uh, collectively 15 minutes of radio on three different stations. I'm like, I, I, I can't have this. I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't. I, I remember Kevin Brennan. It was the same situation. Uh, Pete was like, you're going to have Kevin on. You're gonna, I'm like, I'm not going to subject Kevin Brennan to a five minute in-person conversation on a radio show and just have him ridicule it on MLC the next day. I'm like, I can't do that. So I'm like, thank God I, I can actually have a long form conversation where we talk about anything with you. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, you know, that's part of the gig doing those shitty radio, you know, shows in the morning and stuff like that. The clubs love it because it gets their name out there. You had a funny stop, Cuyahoga Falls, whatever club it is in whatever town, you know, and just hopefully someone heard that and goes, oh, you know, if they don't come that week, one time I heard, oh, there's a comedy club at Cuyahoga Falls. I heard it on the radio. Let's check it out. So that's all they care about. And then where the guinea pig, they got to get up and answer, like, how'd you get in, start to get in the comedy? Yeah, I, I, I shit like that. I guarantee you from this podcast that we're doing, I will have probably three times as many people who are going to come to see me, see you because they heard it on this podcast. And when I say that, I mean three people because we right. would have zero people who yeah. would, uh, I mean, again, you, you, it's part of the business. It's part of going around doing hacky morning, some, some good morning shows, but some hacky morning shows and you, so, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. And then the club owner just loves the radio appearances because of the amount of times they mentioned, uh, you know, Hey, here's the phone number. Here's the website to go. And it's like this in every town, but like, I, I really felt bad every time I brought you up, and you would sit there in our green room and there's coffee and there's maybe Dunkin' Donuts on the table. I'm just like, and I'm like, and I listen to Jim's podcast and he talks about this and I'm like, and I have to subject him to this. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I know. I get it. Like it's part of my gig. So I, I get it when I get to the club, whatever club I'm at, I got to go, all right, you go, we got this local radio or local TV. So I'm like, all right, this is part. So I, I just, I just deal with it. I'm the, I'm not happy about it, but I'm not going to be a diva and go, I'm not doing it. I'm like, all right, if that's what I got to do, I'll get up fucking early and then go do this bullshit and then go back to sleep and wait for the show that night. So it's not like it's it, if you think about it, that's just part of my job. I can't go. I'm, I'm going to blow it off. Or it's all so marketing. It's, it's annoying. All, it's annoying, yeah. but it's got to be done. Just like getting there to fucking flights, the airport, all that shit. That's annoying, too. But you got to do it. Yeah. And I, I, there, there are two people that I'm amazed by that I've done shows with that leave almost directly after the show. And one of them is I know Dave Landau because he lived in Detroit and then he would come over to the funny stop or the hilarities or improv or wherever he was going to be and just get in the car and make sure he was there when his kid woke up the next day. Uh, and then you're another one where you book a super early flight. So you're not going out drinking. You're not having like late show Saturday. You're looking to get back to the hotel or wherever Pete puts you in and you're flying back home so you can watch NFL games. So it's, your, your work ethic just to get home is amazing. No, yeah, I get a 6 a. I always take the earliest flight because that's the least one to get delayed because it's not, you know, it's usually in it's usually at the airport the night before just sitting there as yeah. you go later in the day. I've learned that over to, you know, you go on at one o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday, you're getting delayed. If one of those flights from wherever the fuck that plane was coming yeah. from is delayed, you're you're screwed. So I just want to get the fuck out of town as early as possible. 
Yeah, it. Uh, so yeah, for for folks listening right now, uh, yeah, terrorizing telemarketers and uh, uh, funny stuff. Comedy club coming up. Uh, I, I'm putting this out on Monday on Patreon and for free on Wednesday. So uh, it'll be this weekend if you're listening to this uh, at the funny stop. Two shows Friday, two shows Saturday, and you know, uh, and, and of course one the, Thursday the podcast. too. One oh, Thursday there is one Thursday. Too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the crowd work show where people where the fans just go there. They go for free and they just yell shit at the comics. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be great. Can't wait. Uh, uh, And another thing I love about Jim Florentine, for you folks listening, is that he's really inspired me after the whole COVID stuff, is that just just do things. Like, is this a concert coming to town? Go for it. Is this a comedy show? Go see it. It may not be the greatest thing, but you never know where they're going to take the shit away from us again. You never know when it's going to be to the point where they're going to have a climate change lockdown or uh, there's a new variant or something and we need to lock down and wear masks and show vaccine cards. So this summer, I made sure that I've gone to so many shows. I saw Nine Inch Nails last week. I, 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 I didn't have the money for it, but I still paid for Rage Against the Machine. Uh, I was texting you about Rob Zombie and Mudvayne in that concert. And it was just like, I've seen so many great shows this year just because of you never know when they're going to take it all away from us. And it's, uh, it's, it's honestly been a great summer because of it. Yeah, no, I, I went to a bunch of shows too. I usually do in the summertime. I like the summertime outdoor pavilion, you know, shed shows, those kind of ones, the indoor ones yep. in the winter, not so much. There's a place near my house that's fucking perfect. So I go, but whatever. Yeah, no, I love going to shows, going to, you know, sporting events and just live events like that. It's great. Yeah, it was, it, it's, it's been fun. It's been, uh, and I always tell that to people, just, I, I don't care who you're going to see. I don't even care if it's embarrassing. I mean, my, my wife brought me to Backstreet Boys this year. Yeah, it was an interesting show. I mean, sure. I didn't pay for it. Were you the only straight guy there? Uh, no, there were a lot of us who were the kind of the same thing. It's like, yeah, you know, my wife, you know, I'm here. You got right. Look, I, I've taken my wife to, we saw Head P.E. a couple of weeks ago. All right, yeah, yeah. Uh, nice. I've taken I've taken her to a bunch of metal shows. So I'm yeah, like, so you got to take the bullet on that. Yeah, my ex, you know, used to like country, so I go to some country shows. But with country shows, it's all hot chicks hanging out. So I'm like, I'll drink beer and look at hot chicks. All right, no problem. Yeah, yeah, you got you got to balance it out. For every Backstreet Boys, there's uh, you know, taking her to go see Mushroom Head in a couple of weeks. So you know, it's like it's a it's a good give and take. You could have just stayed home though. I could have, yeah. I well, free did you free go to, beer. Did you, did you go to brunch before? Backstreet Boys. Yeah, wait, it was. No, it wasn't Sunday Fun Day. It wasn't. It, it wasn't. It wasn't Sweeties Day, where you fuckers in Cleveland celebrate the only city, the only state, no, is that celebrates some fucking fake Valentine's Day in October. Yeah, we got to do Sweetest Day. Yeah, we're all gonna get together, and uh, it's like because we haven't had enough where we have to capitulate and open up our assholes to our wives. We have to do it again in October. Yeah, do it October, and then the, the, you know February four months later, you do it again. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That good old Cleveland. If the, we're celebrating, if we're not having Sunday fun day and sweetest day. We're having sirens in the background when I'm trying to do a podcast. <laughs> well, uh, well, Jim, I know, I, I know we're up against it right now, as we used to say in the radio uh, business, but uh, uh, it was, uh, thank you. I really appreciate you coming on. I'm looking forward to seeing you coming up this weekend. And uh, I don't know, may, uh, Pete will probably put me on one of the shows just because I'm promoting it. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring five people to the show. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. Yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, October 6th through the 8th, Funny Stop, Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. My podcast, Everybody is Awful, out wherever the fuck you get podcasts and Terrorizing Telemarketers, Volume 7. 
wherever the fuck you listen to music. And I got a new comedy special, Bite the Bullet, that's on Amazon Prime. You can rent there by. That's it. Every time you talk about the uh, the awful Yelp reviews, I'm like, how many times are you going to talk about this? And then every time I listen, I'm like, oh, there's way more, so much material to talk about. I love it. No, so. well, because it's almost like a guy that talks about politics. You know, it's like you get a tune in, go, he's talking about politics again. Like, that's what I do. <laughs> That's what I do. I find shit that, you know, like Yelp reviews or fucking, you know, people on dating sites putting stupid shit in there. And I make fun of it. To me, it's endless, just like politics. It's almost like a political show. You wouldn't go, why is he talking about politics again or a sports show? So that's just the, mater- my- the, ma- the material is endless. And in the amount of people who send you stuff through the email and you're like a year or two years behind on all these emails. I can't even imagine your inbox is like, Hey Jim, you got to see this awful Facebook post. <laughs> two, two of my, two of my emails and G and, you know, and Google and, and Gmail are 96% full right now. I'm, I'm deleting shit. Cause it's, I'm so fucking backed up. It's great though. I endless material. It's awesome. I just go through it. I'm like, God, right, this can work for the podcast. So I appreciate the fans, you know, sending the stuff in helps me out. So I don't have to sift through that shit. Oh, I love it. I, and my new favorite is the things that never happened. <laughs> that's, yes, that's my group. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. Everyone's just making stories up to compete. It's, it's, it's really embarrassing that three, you know, my three-year-old son just read War and Peace in an hour. He's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure he did. Yeah. My, my, my five-year-old, my five-year-old uh, transgender son, uh, was asking me why Vladimir Putin is such a bad guy. I'm like, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, that happens. Yeah, why? So, but yeah, my th- my 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 18 month old was asking me why uh, Putin, uh, you know, uh, fuck with that pipeline. <laughs> yeah, okay, I know that's what an 18 month old was asking you. Oh, that's just great. So yeah, the podcast, the the new album, and uh, go see Jim uh, on tour wherever he's coming by. Um, d- d- does a lot of touring and uh, just came back from the West Coast. Jim, hey, th- thanks again so much. Looking forward to seeing you and uh, good luck with all of your success right now. <laughs> no, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. And I'll, I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you in a couple of days, whatever. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Thanks, Tony.